0: They're guys. They do magic. magic. They are the magic guys.
1: What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 143 of the Magic Guys. <laughs> oh, look at that. Doug is in the Halloween Christmas spirit. Look,
0: I'm in the spirit, man. Yes, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm actually in the Christmas spirit, but I'm taking it for Halloween tonight. Hell
1: yeah. And, and over here, we got Nick K. Welcome to the show, friends. What's up, Nick? Welcome, welcome. Guys, we're back. Thank you, everyone, for uh, bearing with us while we didn't have an episode last week. I was just um, busy uh, burying some bodies in my backyard, and it really took a long time. And so now we're done with that. Ready for Halloween. We're back. Josh has been action. so
0: dark today. Y'all don't even know. He's a dark Josh mode. It should uh, be an interesting chat this, after- this evening, morning, absolutely. wherever you're at.
1: Yeah. No, but uh, <laughs> I think why is because I've moved house, and that's – Five days of moving, I think, brings out the darkness in anyone, I think. Oh, moving is the worst. This is going to be set up properly. But um, if you're watching this on YouTube, this is my new studio. All I've done right now is been able to set up my lights, put two little lights on packing boxes back there. I'm hotspotting from my phone. This is is a real wild episode. And, um, yeah, thanks to everyone who sent in. Uh, the well wishes for my fiance, for my partner Sandy. She had this crazy um, tear duct eye infection that just like stopped the world. Like the the surgeon, the surgeon said that pain because a tear duct is only meant to have you know half a drop of water in it, and you had the size of a pea in there. It's it's equivalent to a woman dilating to have birth, like that that pain. So wow. I wouldn't wish Hold that. You upon- Dark Josh
0: anybody.
1: I know, I know. But we're back and I feel like I feel a bit more normal now. So that's my that's my TED talk. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.
0: <laughs> I'm still doing these things for the record. Oh,
2: good. Celebrating the
0: darkness. So.
2: Yeah, yeah, for those of you watch, like listening to this, you you got to make it a habit to watch it on YouTube because Doug's window is a non-stop Disco of
0: out of control party happening over here balloons <laughs> and
2: fireworks and all manner of excitement, but uh, party time, yeah. yeah. Speaking we, of, uh, excitable uh, things like fireworks, but anything else, I just think it's probably a good opportunity to talk about not only fireworks but good old fashioned fire, which would probably lead us to our kick ass visitor
1: this week. Yeah, go ahead and tell everyone, Josh. So, Neil, Neil is like. In Queensland, he's the sought after guy for fire artistry, fire entertainment, the flow of fire. And we've we've been able to come across each other at many corporate events um, over here. And he now has his own company, Energy Entertainments. And like last week when we couldn't do this episode, he's like, oh, thank God, because I have 20 events I have to organize this week. So I'd, I'm happy to, you know, move one thing to the next week. This guy's in demand. You know, we're going to have a scorching conversation. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Neil Webb. What an Ooh, intro. Here he is. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's Neil Webb. And the crowd go wild oh yes
0: that was Neil. a strong intro man we've been upping our it. intro game around here that's i
2: big know
1: big <laughs> now we're deep we're, yeah we're personalizing the sound so that's when you know you're hitting big time
2: so Neil, oh, yeah we don't Neil. Know about yourself other than your kick ass with fire so please tell the audience who are you what do you do because i have questions so please let's start <laughs> with, uh who the hell are you buddy
3: who the hell am I? I'm still trying to work that out myself. But um what I tell everybody is I am a professional martial artist and fire artist that specializes in fire. I just love fire. Yes. And he has both Mortal his Kombat. eyebrows.
2: Oh yeah, they do. <laughs> they singed. Um is your favorite Mortal Kombat character Scorpio because he is a fire character?
3: It's gotta be really, yeah. isn't
2: it? That's a nod. That's a nod, everyone, for everyone yeah. listening. <laughs>
3: Yeah, and then Street Fighter. It's got to be yoga. Yoga flame. Yoga
2: flame. <laughs> you know, it's it's really fascinating because um, fire is one of the things that we're taught our whole lives to not mess with, especially as children. Like I, when we used to camp as kids, you know, you you put a little stick in the fire and you sort of like flail it about. My dad used to tell us if you do that, you'll piss the bed, and that's how we used to get the kids to stop playing. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm I'm sitting there as a as a curious kid, like kind of like. Where's the science in this? You play with fire, you piss <laughs> the bed. Like, I was trying to understand the logic in that. But erroneous yeah. of my childhood piss talks. Um, <laughs> how did you go <laughs> from how did you go with playing with fire as like a like? Where did this proclivity come from? Where you were just like, oh, I like fire, I'm about it.
3: Yeah. So after we stopped making other people pee the bed by putting their fingertips in water while they slept. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We started setting fire to things all around the city. Um, it was quite, we were quite a troublesome kids And uh, in England. There wasn't much to do in the 80s, so we would cause trouble really. So, a little bit of I light, guess, light arson, never hurt anybody. A, yeah, just a light arson. I definitely weren't, I wasn't the, the worst arsonist in our group. Um, Look, <laughs> I'm flashbacking to when I was like 14.
0: I remember this moment. I had a football helmet on my head. I had my friend squirt lighter fluid on it and then lit it on fire. And I rode my bike down the street with my head on fire because that was a good idea when I was 14. That's, that's some do.
2: twisted metal action there, like the yeah. clown from Twisted Metal. That's nuts.
1: And that's why Doug is bold. <laughs> <laughs> I had
0: dreams of being a stuntman when I was that age. Uh, you know, I really thought that was my calling. Uh, that was before I found magic books. You know, like I was doing magic tricks, but I haven't read magic books yet. And uh, mm. anyway, you go. you're lucky well, I, I didn't get in the fire game or you might not be sitting where you're at, Neil. I'm just saying. I would. Oh, no. we we
2: <laughs> well, that's what's interesting about like what goes through that as well, because like we got into magic by reading books. So that's like how you go. Now, you are so knowledgeable with fire. Where do you even find resources in something like this?
3: Yeah, correct. There's, there's, it's a really untouched subject, it really is. And what I've been trying to do for the last 20 years, 20 years, eh? um, is try and try and take fire to a new, like, mainstream, just try and work out where fire comes from. So that's where the documentary series Heart of Fire is. I'm trying to find the origin of it and why people. Believe it's magic because they do every time they see it. Every tribe I visited, they're like, "It's magic!" And like, "Wow, it is! It really is." So Mm. there are no sources. There's a lot of people in the world that do play with fire, and we do communicate quite a lot. Um, If there's something new on the scene, we will reach out to each other, much the same as magic, and say, "How do you do that?" You know, and we do online workshops for people. I do in-person workshops, so. Is there any printed resource
0: that you recommend? I'm a fan of the books, you know, so is there anything you could suggest to someone who would want to read about it or like at all? No, no, no. Mm -hmm. Um, I've heard that this knowledge is best served or transferred from person to person. You know, that's the best way to mm -hmm. learn these
3: fire things. Exactly. Just passed on like storytelling, like, mm -hmm. you know, ancient tribes have done for many years. And you have all your hair, so whatever
0: you did, it's working well for you.
3: So. Yeah, I had an afro at one point. That didn't go well.
2: Well, a business, <laughs> there's a good business a good business opportunity there for like uh, lecture notes or a book. Um you could title it at when IP. And
1: um <laughs> Nice, nice. Yeah. That's there wow. You go. <laughs> Moving a on. So, going on. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. P and me. Um, so the, the the real reason, the real strength for Neil coming on, because obviously a lot of our viewers are magicians, and I think Neil goes through <clears throat> a lot of the similar things that we do, like coming up with shows, coming up with um, new effects, and booking gigs. And so it's very much um, a similar like lifestyle to us, um, just much cooler. And and also like we use fire in. What do you think when you see magicians use fire, like in their in their work? Are you like such an amateur? Like,
3: (laughs) like when you see them handle it? I because it's it's extremely dangerous, isn't it? It is. No matter what happens, if you're using flash paper or small fire, it's things can still go wrong. But there's there's a joy of it. Like there's not one person in the world. Whether like we do shows for nursing homes, we do shows for kindergarten kids, and. The whole spectrum, they love fire. So to add fire into a magic show, I think, is is vital. Why not? It's because it's such a spectacle. Um, mm. <laughs> you just got to be safe.
2: How many restrictions do you face with fire? Because, you know, we are such a nanny state, you know, in Australia for the best part. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've done events where it's like no flash paper, no candles, nothing. You know, it's like, yeah. well, okay, Very cool. I mean, like, you smile and grin, but then you think, you know, does it affect you guys that much? Or do you have a sort of protocol that you go through it's like actually we can because we have all of these certificates or these so forth like how is it handled
3: exactly so we've got risk assessment so we'll create a risk assessment before every show um we've got all the msds forms that we need to supply um we've just it's really weird like you, you a golf course will say no there's no way you can spin fire on our 10 acres of clear La land but then so another hotel would say yes that's fine just jump on the table in the Versace and just go nuts on the table so it's you know there's there's a balance and it's always between people it's always what they want so whoever's high in it higher in the show you can try and convince them as much as possible that it's safe uh, especially when there was a huge fire ban I had to get uh, written consent from the fire brigade just to say that there is a fire ban, but I am not creating a fire. It's a contained fire that's on a stick. No embers are emitted. They can't flow fl- flow away. So it is safe as long as I'm on a concrete platform.
1: Yeah, and that's important. The point the safety of fire is probably just as much important as the actual like fire tricks that you learn. Speaking of mm. which, like what you you had mentioned there's a there's a variety of like different tricks with fire that you like to utilize. What um do you want to tell the viewers some of that stuff that you like to play with?
3: Some of the stuff I like to play with, eh? Um, so the the recent toy that I've been playing with is rope dart. It stems back from kung fu, um, so it's an old um, chain with a steel point on the end. Um, but obviously, we set them on fire rather than trying to take people's heads off in battle like the Chinese used to do. <laughs> so we that, set them on fire.
1: That does sound like Mortal Kombat, doesn't it, Nick? Yes.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we did a Mortal Kombat show um, for the cosplay mm-hmm. weekend at Dreamworld not so long ago.
2: That tell us about that. Happening. That sounds amazing. That was cool, it cool. Was a fire and ice type of battle or like tell us?
3: Yes, so I was I was actually sub-zero. So I thought it'd be a quite a spin that I would be dancing with fire and then fire and ice. The logo of my company is the yin and yang, fire and water. So I mm. try and incorporate mm. the two as much as I can. So it was pretty cool. We've got a martial arts show which is full battle mode. Like we've got swords that shoot out fire. We've got full full combat uh, sword fighting. We've got nunchucks on fire. We've got yeah. Rope dart on fire. We got dragons on fire. We got sticks on fire. We got everything. <laughs> so um, we were doing creating a martial arts show battle with two characters for Mortal Kombat. That's wow. amazing. So you know, you,
2: you, you say sorry, sorry, Josh. You, you say you say martial arts. That's a very broad spectrum. What martial arts are we talking about specifically? Are we talking karate, taekwondo, like judo, like what what, what martial arts exactly?
3: So me personally, I studied uh, kung fu from the age of nineteen. Um, And with Kung Fu, I studied Tai Chi, so it's an internal and external martial art. Uh, The guy that I perform with is Bryce. He's a karate black belt, but now he's gone into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, but he's just really good at all different weapons as well. So we just incorporate the weapons that we know and the forms that we've learned over our lifetime and set them on fire and then do battle.
1: It sounds like magicians could, you know, do a linking rings, but on fire, if that's the case, like you take the props you're used to, <laughs> set them on fire. Surely that makes sense. I yep. had some friends
2: do uh-huh. a, uh, like a cup and ball routine with, where the balls are on fire. Um, nice. And it was performed on basically like a very large type barbecue. And they used tongs for doing everything. They had gloves and tongs to do all their loads and stuff. Like it was
1: pretty gnarly. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, i can idea. see that happening or or rope rope magic <laughs> i've a long piece of rope a, t- you know, a medium
3: piece of rope a small piece of rope all on fire <laughs> so you can use kevlar so you can get kevlar rope the Kevlars from bulletproof vests that the police wear um so kevlar rope could be set on fire a thousand times like it won't it won't burn out it will take a very long time to burn through so you can huh. get all different size kevlar ropes as well so you can Add fire into those situations with any kind of rope trick tricks.
2: You know, you're, you're so knowledgeable with everything you know about fire. I'm curious, have you ever had to consult for a TV, movie, or any other actors with regards to your skill set in in this realm of fire?
3: Not really. Not really. They more they they more invite me onto the set to either to perform fire. I have I have been on a few different music videos where they've I've just been there present but i always seem to end up doing something it's not like it's just consultancy i guess maybe mm. when my body gives up and i can't dance and fight anymore then i'll uh, <laughs> maybe be down that avenue
1: and now neil he, he also um has made like some reveals with fire and one in particular is like the strongest kind of reveal you can and i i imagine you make these yourself he um people can hire neil to propose to their partners and have a fire marry me like kind of do you want to kind of explain that because it's not just there it's like you kind of made this thing that you light on fire and then it reveals
2: yeah you it's need to because my because my comedy brain was like marry me
0: or oh, burn
2: like
3: yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well if she says no you can just throw her in the fire so. <laughs> that's true true <laughs>
1: death do us part? Oh, it could be said as anything.
3: (laughs) No No
2: one will enjoy the barbecue friends.
3: (laughs) So we got, yeah, exactly this one here. So, um, a couple or not, not the couple. So the guy phoned me up and said, I've seen this happen somewhere else. It's a, a sign that's completely flat. And then there's a giant heart on the floor. And then you light the sign up and it opens up like this. And it says, marry me. So, I thought, and then we do a big finale of sparks behind it. Um, and it took me it took me a couple of days to work that one out because I had to make all the framing, I had to make all the poles and get fishing wire. And the fishing wire doesn't burn because I tried that a couple of times and it just <laughs> the sign just hit the floor. So yeah, yeah. it was a people really love the fire and proposals for some reason they just. It's like the start of a flame, and it, you can be as corny as you want with all this, but people actually do love the fire part of it. Oh, yeah. I, I it believe a, it.
2: You should offer your services to every CEO, because I think that Scotty P had a great idea where you can actually fire your staff in a very elaborate way. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a great idea, wouldn't it? Uh, you're, uh... Patricia,
2: you in accounts. You've come to work late every day for the past nine months.
3: Yeah, as Scotty P just little commented, he's put, you're fired. Yeah, just <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> Good work, Scotty P. Yeah. Yeah, now, I I, um,
2: we, we have some footage on the screen right now for those listening on the pod. And you this, is that you performing wow. right now in this bit here, or is this part of your crew? Uh, I'm that just catching normal. the
3: staff on the left there. Um, yeah. That's Bryce uh, breathing fire out of his mouth.
1: Yeah! Wow, that was that
3: was crazy. That was yeah. an
0: impressive fire breathe, man. I've seen yeah. a few guys do that. That was really he's still going at it.
3: Yeah, wow. yeah he's, cool. he's definitely up there as one of the best, I'd say. Yeah! Wow, spinning that's around
1: that. Ba- for people, for people just listening, he's basically like a dragon. Like he's not just doing a one, fire breathe; he's three, actually starting. Four, yeah, he, five, that's he an
0: almost five second fire breathe. Like, it's wow. like when you yeah. see a dragon breathe
1: fire for like 10 seconds, it's him like moving around and the flame is still bursting out of his mouth. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah don't you know, try that at home, kids. Cool. <laughs>
1: that's a, that's <laughs> a good brand of listerine, that is minty fresh. Yeah. This I'd is probably
3: the, the most juice. dangerous trick we do mm. with the whip. No, no, with the fire breathing. So there are so many things that could go wrong with fire breathing. Like, I must say, if please get some, like, professional training before you actually try it. Like, you can get chemical pneumonia pretty easily from inhaling the fumes. Um, Mm. You can inhale the fire, which then burns your throat and lungs. Um, (sighs) Also, you can burn your face if you're not using the right um, substances. So, yeah, it can go wrong pretty quickly. What about
2: wow. if you have a beard? If is that a no-no if you got a beard? Like
3: it's not a no-no. If you if you're if you can do it, great. Like you're you're keeping the flame slightly away from your mouth. Um and if the fuel that you're spraying, you gotta create a mist. When you're creating that mist and it's it stays away from your beard, then you're completely fine.
0: Neil, I'm curious wow. if Dallas Sarpe is on your radar at all. The Nick and Dallas show. Do you know Nick, Dallas? No. Yeah. He's a fire performer in the United States. He's a busker and he does uh, fairs and festival shows. And he has a beard and does fire uh, breathing and and such eating in the show. So, yeah, you can do it, right? Outside, uh, like doing it while street performing makes it more challenging with the wind and the elements, right? Blowing the fire. For
3: sure. And it's definitely been challenging over here at the minute, Doug. It's uh, like 50-kilometer winds. <laughs> so, it's, that's, uh, Like that's got to be humble. your
0: kryptonite, right? The wind? Is it? Is that the worst thing for you?
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's the hardest thing to manage. Um, yeah, you, you, you've got to imagine you're trying to perform to people in front of you. And if you've got wind going sideways, you can't stand there with flames. So you have to turn your gaze and turn your actions so you're off center from the crowd. You've got to bow down to the power of the fire and not the audience.
2: Yep. In what conditions would you be like, we are not performing today too bad? Like, is there any situation where you're like, this just cannot happen? Like, is it like, for example, a low ceiling or it's an outdoor gig or anything of that nature? Like, you know, like, thanks for inviting me on your property, sir, in the middle of, you know, Wagga Wagga. But if I perform here and then something happens, then your whole mm-hmm. property goes up. Is there anything like that where you're like, nope, not doing it?
3: not really we're kind of we we risk manage everything as much as we can um i definitely get to gigs earlier than the other performers would like to but um <laughs> that's just because i can risk assess every situation that's going on i think within the 20 years i've probably said no to about two shows um, the whole time of rain because i really feels like bummed rain. both times no, let me just bring up. I one of the
1: times when I met Neil was this crazy um, Cirque du Soleil themed corporate event where it was a tent, like a circus tent, outdoors, and yeah. it was pouring with rain. And they insisted on still having this event. And you would think that rain would stop fire, but Neil and his uh, Neil was like in his element. He was twelve. Like it actually. Neil can talk about it more but like the effects of rain with fire but because it's kerosene or or whatever it doesn't go out so it actually looks really cool in the rain when you're spinning and you've got the rain like lighting up a little bit um tell us about that Neil
3: it was pretty insane wasn't it yeah (laughs) I was in I was in probably a hundred mil of water it was torrential (laughs) like torrential rain and everybody's undercover and that's the that's the main thing as long as the audience are undercover and they're happy to see a show we will do it in anything like i, I feel that we've practiced enough and we're skilled enough to be able to do it anyway but i i thought it was awesome i'd <laughs> like to to have that much torrential rain and to kick the water up and as i'm spinning i'm kicking the water up it you just reminded me josh i need to make a video of that Hell yeah. Hell yeah. You can do like the
1: this you can do like the step up movie scene when they're dancing in the water but with the fire. It'll look cool. Exactly.
3: Exactly.
2: Well Timmy's asking if you have a uh like a fire safety guy on standby for all your shows. Is there someone just dedicated for that?
3: Um it kind of depends on the the, it kind of depends on the client um and the space. So if it's a if it's a larger show with not just me, um, If there are people that are slightly inexperienced or not as experienced as myself or Bryce, then we will get a fire warden in and we'll just charge extra for that fire warden. They're in charge of making sure nothing else happens, no sparks, no like um, when you've lit something up and it's really hot and then you light another prop, there's a chance of it um, jacking across and then things just ignite all of a sudden just for no reason. So, you got to be careful. I was thinking that.
0: how much more complex it must get when you got four people up there spinning fire. One guy's breathing, they're tossing the fire from person to person. You know, yeah, that's a lot going on there.
3: Yeah, yeah. we have fire signs and hearts, and, you know, there's sparks and pyrotechnics. And yeah, there's a lot going on, but the same as anything risk management, practice, practice, practice. You can master anything, can you? Sir?
0: Where do you rehearse this kind of thing? Do you have a space or you go to a park or what do you do?
3: We go to a park. We go to various parks on different occasions. The reason for that is... Um, you
0: wear out your welcome pretty quick. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no. we How do it? <laughs> we meet new people every new park. So we have the opportunity to share what we're doing, and then yeah, they'll sure. come to the next show. And the more chi- times we move around, the more people we meet. So yeah, that's that makes kind of sense. my concept for right. moving around.
1: And I'm guessing when you're practicing, you're not always having to light the sticks on fire and the stuff. No. So you no. can just we do, practice like do. martial arts.
3: Yeah, new show we normally practice, you know, 10 times, go through the show constantly. And then we start doing it with fire because it's a totally different element when you when you light it up.
1: And you mentioned uh, now with fire, you would think that fire is the most eye-catching thing ever. Like with magic, we talk about you need an opener to get the audience's attention, keep their attention. There's certain environments where you know we'll lose the audience, like if they're eating at an event or whatever. You would think fire would be like the easiest way to you know have people watching constantly. But you did mention that you you have sort of come up with ways to deal with unresponsive crowds and stuff so they don't mess with the energy of the show Mm. what's your experience from a fire artist dealing with uh, these kind of crowds
3: yeah it it obviously depends on the crowd um and how intimate you can be with these people um (laughs) i'm quite forward uh as we all are because you know we like playing and like performing that's what we do um, but I'm more than happy to to walk up to a table uh, with some fire in my hand and make sure and just welcome everybody and say, hey, how are you or There's a show happening. Would you like to see something in that space? So you forget about everybody else around them and whoever's not watching go into that space, capture their attention, do something like fiery in front of them or trace some fire and then say the rest of the show is on the stage and then I'll walk back, but I'll make it part of the show that makes sense
1: mm. that's interesting and what if a crowd's just like you know just like the worst crowd where like the whole audience is just like like at each streets for example i imagine like they're, they're definitely watching but there's also a lot of noise pollution going on with people calling out orders for their food and you know how yeah. what do you kind of do do you just go in your zone and just like enjoy yourself or what what do you do
3: uh, I'm kind of enjoying myself anyway. Each um, hmm. street a, is a really good one because what I've been trying to do at each street is, is interact with the crowd more, a lot more interact, get with them like in between every set, talk to them, engage with them. A lot, A lot of performers just do their thing up on stage and they don't want to interact you've got to you've got to capture the imagination of the audience i mean and by getting them to move and clap and do stuff they're getting blood moving around their body they're more focused on what you're doing you've just got to inspire them to move and get creative with your show
2: yeah i I always um have this notion of demanding the applause um Hmm. when and and as soon as they start like they get it and a lot of times like even if i'm doing tables and so forth like um i'll do my trick and i'll just go and the crowd goes Mild. What, was that? Okay. what was that? What was that? What was that? And then I'll do. And then I'll do the second phase of my trick. And then they'll just go like I'll do something, and they'll just go oh, jaw drop. And I'll go. I'll do it my damn self. And I'll just start clapping myself. I'm like I'll do it myself. You guys suck at this. I'll do it myself. And so there's <laughs> and ways you, you can me. demand applause and get people through that step of dropping their defenses or you know someone with their crossed arms like this. You're know, watching your show? It's like yeah. I'm not gonna steal your
3: nipples. Relax. I'm here. To-.
2: <laughs> you know. There's yeah. someone with their hands in their pockets. Hey, if you're gonna clap, don't do it with your hands in your pockets. You're gonna hurt yourself. Yeah,
3: um, <laughs> could go wrong. <laughs> all these ways. There's so many, di- that. so many different comments and things to say, isn't it? But definitely holding that space is really important. Um, just giving yourself that time for them to applaud. Just, just wait, and they will. They'll get it eventually. <laughs> But people just get caught up in what's going on. Like, I did a couple of conferences last year. I was in Noosa, and we were just about to start the show. We turned the music on, and nobody turned around. Like, nobody. So the music's going, and nobody's... They said to me they, said to me they hadn't seen each other for three years because of um, a random yeah, that pandemic happened. that happened. Yeah. Um, and they just weren't interested. They were just too busy talking. So I turned the music off. And i walked around to every single table and said, hey, how are you doing? I said, I know you haven't seen each other for a long time. We're just about to do a show. We've traveled two and a half hours to get here. It's a really good show, I promise you. We've put so much time and effort into this. I would really appreciate it if you could come and watch. And I did this 20 times around the tables. We had an amazing crowd. Everybody loved it. And it was happy. And I think what an interesting approach? Be personal. Hmm. you just got to be personal, haven't you? So, to I I, I wanna
2: Yeah, I want to say something to your point because a lot of times we be like there's mainly two types of performing we'll do at a corporate event. It'll either be a mixture of roving, going from table to table, and or being on stage doing a stage portion, 20, 30 minutes, whatever it might be. And a lot of times people will go, We want you to do your stage show and then rove. But I will always lean into going, we should do the rove first. Cause even you know, opportunity to like break the ice with people and they'll go do some more, do some more. And I go like, Oh, okay, no, just this is a little bit for now, but I'll be doing a stage portion later. So make sure you're involved. And it, yeah. I always find that my stage show goes 20 times better when I rove first.
1: So, so
3: important. So yeah.
1: Important. Yeah. It's really Cause, interesting.
3: Cause nobody wants and doesn't want to watch. Everybody wants to see a magic show. Everybody wants to see a fire show. They're just lost in what they're doing. So take it, mm. be personal. Yeah. yeah, the
1: idiots. <laughs>
2: well, that that <laughs> probably makes for um, a good opportunity to jump into some good gig-, gig stories. What do you think, Josh? I think let's do it. Gig stories <laughs> is a segment of the show where we like to talk about moments of magic, either while performing or just in our day-to-day lives, and we sort of <clears throat> run amok and share a little magic story, starting this week with – I'll start this week um, – I'm not going to share any uh, fire magic stories. I did tell one story some while ago about setting a lady's hair on fire. So that's old news. But um, I was performing recently, and uh, I mentioned this just before the show uh, with the guys on the pod. But um, I was just kind of staggered because we're reviewing a product this week, which is fantastic. It's the ladybug um, trick by, by Deuce Gala, and it's so good. Like, it's so good. And I've been doing it in my residencies, especially for kids. And um, and what I love about them is that the cards are plastic. And I'm very thankful for that because you can wipe the cards down, which you need to do because kids are gross, man. Kids are gross. I, this kid was like, I want to pick a card. And I said, cool deal. Hold out your finger. And this kid held out his finger. And on the tip of his finger was a booger. that was oh so, It was so big, man. It was so <laughs> big. Like, this is not... Like if this snot was on somebody's ring, you'd be like, "Damn, sick engagement ring! Look at that rock! <laughs> this
0: thing was oh, huge, man!
2: Like staggeringly <laughs> big." And and he went to touch, and I pulled him back, and I was like, ah. And I was like, "That one cool." And I dropped that one card on the table and picked it up. You know what I mean? Like at
0: least you can find it. <laughs> yeah, but I was just like, "It's just no." Yeah, that's insane. like it's now it's like wax. Now you can use that as a method.
1: You know, you know it'd be funny.
0: Maybe,
3: maybe that's
2: a <laughs> Put it yeah, on. Yeah. what I should have done. In Cards hindsight, what I should have done is pick a card by pointing, touching the back, and then done card on ceiling. <laughs> that yeah.
1: would be perfect. Or what about this? Is this too far, guys? What if, you, like, so it was on his finger, right? Like on the 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 pad of his finger.
2: No, it was like the very tip of his finger, and like uh, just underneath it was this rock. It was
1: enormous. So, like, just like here, right? Like where the fingerprint is kind of thing. It was like, like a... It between was like the, the, the nail of... and the fingerprint.
2: Yeah, yeah. It was okay. like a very...
1: So how about... Imagine this. Forget double cross, okay? You go... You see it, you go, okay, put put your hand in a fist and they go like this and you're like, watch this.
0: <laughs> Did you feel the
1: magic? Open your hand and then they're like... Ah. My, my booger goes to your hand. Talk oh, about Talk about organic magic. That is double snot. That's our new product. Oh, yes. Double, snot, double snot. You can yeah,
2: pre order it now from pipermagic.com.au and use discount oh, code.
0: Oh my God.
2: God. If you
3: know the X on the hand or the dot of the ash or anything, you could do it. That's right. All right, right. Scotty it's- P,
0: it's time to go back to work.
1: That's uh- right, man. Oh man, that's gotta happen. That's that is hilarious. Okay, so sorry, you were going back. So that was your story. So, yeah, the booger, you found a way around that.
2: Yeah, it was just, it's it's just one of the things you gotta sort of keep in mind that people can be gross. Um, Sometimes it happens on a hot day, man, you'll be performing, and every like I've gone into venues or corporates or whatever, like whatever the gig is, I'm like, it smells like fizette in here. Like, it just happens. Okay, (laughs) we're all human, we all stink. I don't. I have so many fancy soaps and deodorants. <laughs> Nick, is, like,
0: Nick is covered in a layer of chemicals at all times. You don't
2: even know, dude. I'm literally the most toxic man on earth. Like, I'm just, <laughs> you know? Like, the amount of effort that goes into all this before a show, I'm powdering and I'm moisturizing and tonering <laughs> yeah, and, 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 yeah. Even my deodorant, man, my that. deodorant's like nine bucks a stick. I get the fancy one from Dr. You Scott go translucent
0: like Josh does, too. You do that thing with that stuff.
2: I have a Translucency. powder. Translucency. I do have a powder, yes. I do. Uh,
1: classic. The spunk
3: powder. What?
1: All right, we'll son. bring it back to uh, Geek Stories. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so story. I wrote down a couple of things because it's been, it's been like two weeks since we've done one, so uh, done an episode. So I, um, we did another week of yeah. the Theater of Magic, which I'm just loving more and more, which, Neil, That's... I'll have to invite you to at some point. Mm. This intimate theater, 40 seats to a room and we do this show and uh, I got to do the close up magic set last, the last time, not last week, the week before. And uh, man, we're just having so much bloody fun. People are writing comments like this is like, this is kind of like the magic castle, but in Brisbane, like we're getting really good. Feedback of this show. It's just great. And we're adding and tweaking little bits to it. It's becoming more and more magical every time. This weekend's already sold out, I think, or there's like one more ticket left or something, you know, and it's Tuesday. So it's pretty awesome. So that's coming up. And because of that, I got to go on national TV and do this magic sets on um, Studio Ten, this like local morning show here in Australia. But you can see
0: the clips on your show. social media, and I've been loving the clips you've been posting from these yeah, events man. and well, the news. You. So if y'all don't well, watch Josh, I don't know why, but go watch it there, right?
1: Yeah. Why well, thank well, thank you, Doug. And yeah, man. my give my, me the rub I, when I can. Yeah, man. So so it was a morning. So it's live TV for those listening, and um, I flew down like the morning of. So I was on like a f- 5 a.m. flight to get there to be on, to go live at, I think, 11 or 10 a.m. their time or something like that. And uh, the whole time, everyone's pretty casual about it. Uh, I can see the studio. The studio is so much smaller than it is in real life. They do a really good job of framing each section of the room to look like its own studio, but it's really everything crammed in one place. Um, and so I'm watching everything and I'm like thinking about what magic I'll do because I didn't know if I'd be, I didn't know for sure, like if I'll be sitting on the couch with the host or if I'll be standing up at a at a table or if we'll just be freestanding because um, we'd requested what we wanted, but we didn't like know for sure. So I'm like, I've got all these different options of magic and I'm like, let me just try my, my idea going into it was let me try and cram in as much magic as I can in this segment. So it's not like, let me show you one piece of magic. I wanted it to feel like just stuff would keep happening um, and there'd be no dead time. My real goal is to have no dead time in this segment, which, which uh, I think I achieved because every time someone's signing a card, I'm like solving a Rubik's cube or when they're shuffling, I'm like mind reading someone else, something else is happening I used a bit of fire in there, in it quickly as well. Um, and so, and not everything went to plan. Like, you know, I, like, uh, I for, for example, like I did one mind read of this host and the person that he thought of, um, the name was like, I couldn't, <laughs> I knew how to say it, but I didn't know how to like write it because I thought I would write it down on a piece of paper, hold it to the camera and have him say it. And then reveal that I got it right. But I actually didn't know how to write it. (laughs) So I just had to say it instead. So, like, things kept changing. Anyway, you guys can see that on YouTube. But that was, uh, yeah, I can't remember the last time I had that much pressure on me to.
0: That's a lot to get up and get to the airport at 5 a.m., you know, to do a Mm. new spot. The anxiety level on that situation is pretty peak level, right? (laughs) what do you got? You're up at three in the morning to get on this flight, or what? You know, what time you got to get out of
1: bed? basically yeah yeah Mm yeah um all while knowing like because i'm not just representing myself i'm representing the whole theater of magic so the other two guys as well and and everything so that was good um and the very last thing i'll mention is i did an event on the weekend in noosa which i think you just talked about before neil um so in noosa it's a beautiful venue by the by the water and stuff and uh I, so I get to this event at like six o'clock at night. On the on the run sheet, it says that they they started this event at midday. So they've been eating and drinking for six hours before I've got there. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool, cool. Well, you know, it, this should be fun. <laughs> I get there. I go to use the the outside bathroom on the outside of the venue before I start. There's already two ladies arguing like they're on the Real Housewives of Orange County, like F you for not believing in me and, you know, you shouldn't listen to Rachel and da-da-da, like, you know, this close to each other, fully arguing, but not punching on. And I'm like, okay. I just go to the bathroom. I'm in the bathroom and someone knocks on the door and they're like, hurry up. Like, I'm like, oh my God. So I open the door. I'm like, are you okay? Like, are you fine? He's like, oh yeah, can I go in? I'm like, of course you can. And I'm like, great. I'm going to see this guy inside. Like, this is going to be awesome. So I'm just ready for hell, right? I'm ready for two hours of hell. I'm like, let's go. Like this is I can do this. But to my my surprise, I go in, the very first group I perform for, the guy tips me a hundred dollars. Like in the first three minutes of being in there. And I realized, you know, this is quite a wealthy um, group of people. <laughs> and uh, I, I was like, okay, those drunk people are probably all outside still arguing. And all the good people are probably inside. And um, the event ended up being great. <laughs> yeah, it got paid. Uh, tipped $100. Thank you, my friend. I feel bad about stealing this watch. But um, at the end of the day, yeah, I, I assumed it was going to be just like crazy. And ended up not being, uh, not being so bad. Although I will say... The MC, you know, when you go to an event, you, the MC should be like your best friend, right? Because you're performing. You're all performing, right? Yeah. Nick's, Nick's shaking his head. So maybe you also have encountered crappy MCs. But this MC, normally, um, they'd be on their best behavior. Like if you're showing them magic, for example. I go to show this guy magic, put the cards in his hands with this other guy and i like make a joke where i'm like okay now all we have to do is wait one hour and i say that and he goes one hour uh and he like throws his hands away and like lets the cars fall on the ground <laughs> the mc uh anyway no need. he's dead yeah he's dead but he was that's in. my gig stories that's right. That's right.
2: <laughs> yeah. Neil, I'm sure you got an abundance of uh, geek stories. But is there anything that comes to mind, whether it be a good or a bad or a downright creepy with the theme of obviously being Halloween, um, what comes to yeah. mind, buddy?
3: Well, as Josh mentioned, there were 20 shows happening on the weekend. Um, there are actually 26 performances happening, um, not just myself. I performed nine of them. Um, I was in the Corrumbin Wildlife Sanctuary. What a really interesting space, they put me on the Aboriginal cultural storytelling stage, which is a sand area, um, which I thought was interesting because obviously dancing on sand is (laughs) so much harder than dancing on a stage. Um, So when I actually got there, I felt like I had to give myself some presence to that land. There had been Aboriginal stories told on that land for I don't know how many years, decades. So I don't know if I was the first person to ever dance with fire on that space. So I had to I had to put myself in that space and just give an acknowledgement and say thank you to the elders past and present. And then I started thinking to myself, do I have to do this vocally? And then I got into this argument with myself Well, no, because I'm respecting the land for myself. But then do I say it to the audience? Because then someone might get upset that I haven't said it. And then I'm going like this in my head, like back and forth. And I'm thinking, no, you don't have to say anything. You just, as long as you're present with that space, then just be present. So I said my words and I started dancing. Um, Nine shows, extremely windy conditions, raining. There was a lot of rain. So it was wet, it was windy, I was on sand, and I was using two new pieces of equipment that I've never used before because my other ones had broken that morning, sticks. Oh my. So there was a few challenges on the weekend. Um, I don't burn myself, I never burn myself, but as you can see here, oh. I've got burns there. Oh no, yeah, oh my. It's been years since i burned myself. Um, I've set myself on fire a few times, but now can what? you speak on how that happens? What are you using to get a
0: burn or on your shoulder? How does that occur?
3: So I'm using two sticks, yeah, two staffs, and mm-hmm. there's a there's a grip between the sticks and the end. So what are they the, made of? Uh, aluminium pole. Okay,
2: so sticks yeah. are made of pole, like aluminium. So you just
3: imagine like a curtain rail that you put Kevlar on the end, and then you grip it with some tennis racket handles. Okay. okay. Well, yep. not handles, the actual grip from the tennis racket. So yep. I put my grip pretty much, you know, 60 mil from the end of the fire. Yes, it does catch on fire, and I have to fix them once a week, but I don't get burnt. The new ones that I bought as a backup, they've got exposed metal, like 100 uh, mil on each side. So uh, as I'm doing tricks like this that I normally do, it's just going to me every time. Oh. And, you know, it as part of that section of the show this happens 20 times so <laughs> every time i'm going
0: ah shit <laughs> it <laughs> <off."> <laughs>
3: and it just keeps happening and keeps happening and you've got like you've got 250 kids all because it was predominantly kids based and their adults come along and they're all screaming at me and they're all coming up and asking me questions and all i wanted to do was just go in the green room and just <laughs> put some aloe vera on it just to relax but I got through it, and it was a success in the end. It was nine shows, which was extremely challenging. And uh, (laughs) it actually moves me on to my next gig, which is coming up in Noosa. I've got to perform for the Iron Man series um, on the sand, and they've asked for an extremely long show.
2: Uh, for for the for the us (laughs) listeners the iron man i assume we're not talking about the marvel character with the iron man is a competition (laughs) where a group of athletes will get together and do a series of challenges like it could be to the extent of like 10 kilometers of swimming x amount of kilometers or miles if you have to of uh cycling running Uh, it basically a very large scale marathon that like yeah you know The
3: the fittest people you can ever imagine yeah, like prophecy. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Doug's going to be the water boy.
3: I'm a bit nervous, Doug, to be honest. I'm a bit like, I've got to do a high intensity martial arts show on the sand in the element yeah. next so to Are you entertaining
0: crowds that are there or the people that are running by? You're
3: trying to give them a little. So I think, it, I believe it's their like uh, award ceremony night. Yeah. Okay. I see. Yeah.
2: So that will so be, be the future of entertainment there. then. Um, I'm curious, Neil, is there any um, tips that you have for anyone who does like a very minor burn? Like it might just be from the stove or something like that. Um, I, in the past, I've used like mustard and it takes the mm-hmm. sting right out of my yep. burns. Do you have any like secret tips for anyone who gets a, a, a like a quick burn from the stove or the oven or a lighter? Yeah.
3: Aloe vera. Um, Aloe vera. Is the best I've found. Um, obviously, I get burnt quite a lot, um, and the fastest way I can manage that burn the better. Um, fresh aloe vera plant, cut it, cut the stem off, cut down the middle, open it up, and just rub it on. And it seems to be the fastest way to heal because the I think it's something to do with the enzymes in the um, that soaks into the skin and rebuilds the skin faster. The aloe vera mm. plant.
1: Good to know, and well, mm. talking about burning yourself and stuff we have to know everyone wants to know what <laughs> horror stories have you come across in your 20 years of uh fire oh, now too many. this is too not many. to say this ever happens anymore guys by the way if you book neil this is just obviously anything that can go wrong will go wrong at some point when you're learning yep. and coming up as as so we, as with all of us
3: we haven't got long but i'll give you the worst ones
1: <laughs> please here we go strap in everyone
3: So from the start, um, we started the company in Ibiza in Spain. Um, And then from that, we would try and find somewhere to live in the winter to try and present fire to a new audience. So we decided Tenerife and the Canary Islands would be a good idea. Lots of five-star hotels. Tried as hard as we could to get into these five-star hotels. Jumped through so many hoops. And our first show was canceled outside because it was too windy. So they put us downstairs in a basement of like a thousand people tiered and we had to do a 45 minute show dancing. (laughs) No vocals, there was no audio, there was no, nothing. And um, as we were dancing, we have a towel, we, we put all the equipment out on. And as I've walked up on stage, I've watched the guy I was dancing with Adam, this tiny little bit of spark just came off and I watched it in slow motion just go and just land on this tower that's full of fuel, right? And the tower's gone and just erupted. <laughs> Mid-flow, I've just jumped straight off the stage, started putting the tower out, started putting it out, managed to jump back on stage just in time for my cue. And you, the whole thing, just, it stunk. Like the smoke, the, the smell that was in this underground stage area was just horrendous. We finished the show. And the client was like, that was amazing. It was so exciting. When do you want to do it next? <laughs> okay, we survived. Uh, so that was, the, that was the first ever problem. Um, a recent one, that video you sh- were showing recently about uh, all that fire breathing, that's actually called the unicorn show. Uh, the reason why we call it the unicorn show, and I think this is important for all of you to have as well, is the unicorn show is the most expensive show that is the rich people just want to buy it? They don't care what it is. They don't. They just want the most expensive thing, um, mm. and it doesn't matter if it's that much different to what you're offering. But if you've got like a ballpark unicorn show, someone will. Someone will go. Yep, I just want the best. Boom, and that's it. They just buy it, and then you just like okay. So when that one gets booked, it's like cha-ching. Everyone's happy. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> But the last time we did it, we're just coming onto the finale, yeah? So remember what I said before, is all the equipment's been lit up. It's all hot. And then we go back, and there was a female Erin that we work with. Her, I watched the video after her, her um, equipment was out. So there was no fire on it. She chucked her equipment next to the swords. For some reason, there might have been a bit of spark or titanium powder, that lit the swords up, which in turn lit the dragons up, which in turn lit the staffs up, which in turn I turned around, everything's on fire. Like everything <laughs> we have just used is on fire. This is two weeks ago, right? We're in a major event with thousands of people really close. There's a main stage behind us and the banner is starting to like. Oh, catch no. up. So I've grabbed the swords with my hands, threw them back. And then I've come in, grabbed everything else, and moved it away so it was safe-ish. And then I've said to Bryce and Erin, you take care of this. I'm going to jump on the mic and defuse the situation. <laughs> so I've jumped on the mic and started going, hey, everyone, and as you can see, we've got it fully under control. Remember, kids, you all make mistakes. We all make mistakes. It's how you put them out and rectify them is the important thing. And everyone's like, yay, and everyone's happy at the end. It's, I think... You've got to act on these situations without panic.
2: And then you choreograph like you put the choreography of this in the show where oh, isn't it amazing that like every time within eight minutes into the show things catch fire (laughs) and they fix
0: it? (laughs) Yeah, next year they're like, Yeah, can you do that bit again where you light the stage on fire
3: and all your shit goes crazy? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, They love that part, don't they? Always.
1: Uh, It doesn't happen often. Maybe that's a new avenue for schools, like fire safety. And part of the show is that it all erupts on fire. It's like, now, kids, don't stress, okay?
3: Hey, Josh, you say that. um, Two months ago, I had 71 year 12 students dancing with fire as part of their winter celebration. Okay. Uh, What? Wow. Yeah. That's a hard are they, sell,
1: how, right? How how are they
3: what I do they do? I get
0: I get fire in all the kids' hands, and we 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 turn on some heavy metal, and all get thrashy.
3: Yeah, yeah it wasn't heavy metal, unfortunately. small <laughs> more Katy Perry. You've got uh,
0: school children with
3: flames in their hands. Twelve year old. So for anybody, obviously not in Australia, year seven is twelve years old. Um. So. Oh, I'm sorry. Years. I didn't
0: understand. They were twelve. That's fine. yeah.
3: 71 12-year-old kids <laughs> playing with fire. It, it wasn't it, was it probably the, one of the most challenging things I've had to come up with over the last 10 years, but to see the joy on their face when they all completed their choreography, all their parents are watching, all of their peers and school friends are watching, they felt like they could master anything at that point. And wow. I was said I said to the headmaster, I was like, give me the mic, give me the mic. And they were like, Okay. So they like, give me the mic. And I was like, Look at you all. Eight weeks ago, you were terrified of fire. You were terrified of performing. I said, You've just executed an amazing performance and you're all buzzing. I said, Capture that moment. Because you remember that, you can achieve anything. Just don't just capture it. Just remember it. And they're like, Yeah.
1: <laughs> wow. And sixty-eight of them will go on to just remember that forever.
0: Three yeah. of them will be riding down the street with their football helmets on fire.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, why not? Why not? Uh,
1: now you had mentioned, um, I, I put a bullet point down here, Ibiza, Ibiza and Spain. Um, hmm. And that they're quite different places to perform in. I think is what you had mentioned. Do you want to talk about that? Those experiences? Cause that, I mean, that's pretty crazy that, For starters, that you get that you travel so much um, with with your art, but what's uh, yeah, what's going on there?
3: There's a lot of money in Ibiza, so there's a lot of events. There's probably I would say the number one capital for rich people to go and have a holidays. Um, There are super yachts everywhere. There are massive clubs, ten thousand people strong, um, and it's. It's just an amazing place to be there's just so much going on it's electrifying and it's only for five months of the year um but it's just it's a really interesting place because you've got a melting pot of cultures so you've got everybody from all over the world all coming to this island for five months to share what they do and whether that be magic whether that be fire whether that be you know acrobatics whether it just be comedy they're all there. They're all trying to get in, and trying to make their their name in this place because they know there's so many opportunities around the world that people will see it. Because when we lived there, we used to get flown over to Switzerland or France, and you know, flown over to these places because just because so someone's seen our show. And it was kind of the first time I'd really seen magic on a professional level as well. There was, um, wow. There was a friend of mine. He was called Magic, obviously. <laughs> He's called Stephen Mills, but um, everybody called him Magic. And it was the first time I'd seen Magic done in clubs and in event spaces. And he did a lot of Rubik's Cube. He did a lot of blindfolded Rubik's Cube. But he did a lot of tricks with cigarettes. Like, that was the big one. That kind of wouldn't work these days because nobody wants to see any bloody smoking. Mm. Um, but, yeah, he did a lot of tricks with, like, fancy Fancy shirts and just going like this with the cigarette and putting it out into someone's shirt, and they're like, no, and then nothing happened. Yeah, but it's just a melting pot of entertainment and it's really inspiring to go there and just see what people are up to around the world.
1: Damn, what a, man, we're slacking. What are we doing, Nick? We need to be over there.
2: Hey, speak for <laughs> yourself, man. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, party towns will be interesting, you know. Um, that seasonal type of work. And, and you, you've done this, sounds like you've done it frequently, right?
3: Yeah, I lived there for four years before I came to Australia. And we kind of go back every year or every other year and do a mm. stint for a few weeks, send contacts and just get as many shows as I can. What's travel
0: like with your fire equipment? Is, do you travel with a lot of weight there?
3: Don't tell anyone, Doug. It's circus equipment. <laughs> and what,
1: is that? What, what does that mean? Is it a different shipping weight? As in, when you're no. traveling, you just tell them it's circus equipment. Yeah, you don't sure. Tell okay, them it's so there's good fire. professional
0: advice. First of all, you don't tell them you're a fire person; you tell them you're a circus performer. So that's Correct. good news. But
3: Correct.
0: what do you do? You got like some big shipping containers. Does it take much or?
3: No. So what I do, the equipment comes with me. Um, mm-hmm. So I've got a load of equipment that flat packs into a dry bag, so like a waterproof bag, but then the smell doesn't come out. Um, is the show packed flat, play big for the most part you got everything? Yes. Unpacked, yeah. 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 Most things I got, it's quite interesting. I put everything to it, into a gun case. Mm, um, okay. Never mm. been stopped anywhere around the world. Asking, That's fantastic. Um, why have I got a gun case? No right. one, but if I had a fire stick sticking out of a guitar or you can't have that on the plane, right. I'm allowed to shoot people. Am I?
1: <laughs> yeah. And most importantly, um, John is asking, do you play any instruments?
3: I do, I play guitar.
1: I try. It's
0: interesting, you know, Nick was in a band, did you know?
3: No.
2: <laughs> I used to play in a band.
0: <laughs> One little sip left. Yeah.
3: <laughs> now my partner's in a band. She did an album release on Friday actually, and she's always correcting me in my keys and tones.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, there you go. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. She's actually the- when the- the last time that we we cross paths was, um, I quickly came to say hi, and you were doing firework for a um, mm. album debut in a in a venue, a small like a pretty tight venue Tiny too, venue. and you managed mm. to still do fire for for this um, for this artist singing at the same yeah. time as you dancing with fire.
3: I love to push the boundaries, Josh. I love to I love intimate spaces i'm confident in what i do and like my ability to do it i it can be low ceilings packed with people around me in a small space um and you just do adapt to the space the surroundings you're in and i think that's really important that you can make anything as big as possible or as small as possible depending on the space that you're in stay safe
1: Yeah. wow hey we have um Nick, are we going to do this review? Do we have time? Well,
2: I was thinking – well, I have I, I put the review uh, online on my YouTube channel mm. for you guys to scope out. But I've actually extended an invitation of the creators of the show. And if all yeah. goes well, they'll yeah. be on next week. So I'd like to talk about it next week if it's cool
1: with you guys. That um, no, sounds yeah, good. But, yeah. Buck, Buck has booked in. but um. He booked in for not next week, the week after, I think. Oh, the week after
2: he did. Dang it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well yeah. we'll, we'll so- talk about a good and proper then on the show because I want it to be a talking point. Because it is so good. But if you're interested in scoping it out, it's the lucky ladybug. <laughs> it's an absolutely gorgeous piece of magic. I am getting refills of it already because I did it twenty times and gave it away. Um, when I because I was gifted the uh, the product. Watch it on the YouTube channel. <laughs> it is such a good trick, man. It Did is you so just good. drop
0: the spoiler Mike O'Brien's coming on here? Is that what's happening?
1: No, Michael O'Brien? No. It is Juice Gala Magic, but not, not Mike O'Brien. Okay. But uh, I think they'll explain that uh, when they come on as well.
0: Okay, cool.
1: But, Neil, thank you so much for coming on, my friend. Um, it's first time having a uh, fire artist on the show. What a great chat. Uh, amazing. And... You guys can learn more about Neil um, in the description below. All his links are there, but you can go straight to his website, Energy Let me make sure I got it right here: energyentertainments.com.au. Energy um, or you can find him on the social pipes, uh, which are in the links below. And we're going to leave the final word to Neil. Um, so, guys, thanks again for watching the pod. We'll see you again next week. But let's leave our wisdom words with
3: Neil. Here we go. remember life's too short to dance with fat chicks
0: thanks for listening it's time for us to disappear now disappear now but we'll see you again on the next episode of the magic guys